Great. Welcome to Fire and Water, the podcast, coming of age in this age, we, where we seek to cultivate wise leaderships one show at a time. I'm your host, Quanita Robertson, and I'm here with Tennyson Wolf. Tennyson and I usually host together, but we kind of have a special today. I get to interview him a bit around his new book that he has called Most Mornings. Oh, there you go. Tennyson. Thank you. Tennyson, I, I just want to, I'm so excited to be able to talk about your book and, you know, I've mm-hmm. kind of been able to be a fly on the wall in this process <laughs> and want you to just, first of all, share a little bit about what this book is, what it is to you and why you think it's important right now. Gosh, okay. <laughs> all of that stuff. <laughs> all of that. Okay. Well, I'll do my best. I feel, um, so hello, first of all, and, um, I feel happy to be able to talk about this. It is a recently released, published, available uh, collection of poems. Um, and uh, I'm learning how to talk about it. So what I know is a little more of how to write it and how to play with the, you know, all of the stuff that goes into it. It is a collection of uh, 36 or 37 poems that were mostly written within the last six months or so. Uh, so I know I know a little bit more about how to write them and how to work with them and how to let them write me. And uh, then I uh, am learning about how to share them or how to share the, the book itself. And that's kind of fun and a little nervous also. Uh, so maybe to your questions though, uh, a little bit of the, oh, I got dog barking in the background. <laughs> A little bit of the why I wrote it, I suppose. That was one of your questions, right? Yes. Um, because I couldn't not. Uh, the truth is, I uh, poetry has become something that is quite important to me. And uh, I had written a previous uh, collection of poems called The Cadence of Despair uh, two years ago. And that was had its own path. And there were some important things that were in there. This one, Most Mornings, um, I sat down and said, it, it, it's like the writer in me or the poet in me said, I think I've got something here and I'm just going to start writing. And I did. And I gave myself a bit of a challenge to bring it into a, a form, like not something that's going to be written forever. Um, but really in a, uh, oh, a month or so of time, I, I wrote initial drafts and then I tweaked and played for the next month and a half to two months. And then I invited a friend and colleague to come in to do the things that I don't know how to do, like um, uh, uh, put a cover on it and uh, and tweak with all of those kinds of things. That's Robbie Garreau, who was helping me out with that, with Center Spoke Publishing. And, um, uh, and then get it up and available through, in this case, Amazon. Uh, so it feels, it feels fun to have all of that. But back to the why, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one level, Quinita, is that this is artistic expression. And for me, I'm not a person that grew up writing poetry. I'm not a person that grew up reading poetry that much. And to be clear, this is prose form. I love to take sentences and give them a structure and some line breaks and some uh, parallel format with images. Some of these things that go into at least the form of poetry that I'm writing, there's something so deeply compelling to me. And I, I, I write them because I need to. I, I write them because I can't not. My brain and heart 
seems to think in more poetic forms these days. And, uh, and I am such a lover of essence communication, like just, oh my gosh, what's at the core of it? What's the thing under the thing? Or what is the deeply principled or deeply purposed something that is found in the slightest of images or the, you know, the most minimal of text? Uh, these are all things that are super exciting. Um, so there's some deep why within me of all of that. And then if I reach to the external, because these aren't just poems that are sitting on my scraps of paper and on, and on my personal computer here. Um, I, I think the world needs voice, voices of sense making. And some of the everyday ordinary kinds of things that are going on or the big scaled um, uh, movements and transitions or challenges of our times um, there's always been a place for poets and writers to be able to try to give voice to um, what's going on or some version of what's going on. So I wrote this in part to offer a bit of voice and a bit of artistry so that uh, people who read it might find some meaning in what I've written and maybe also have another way into their own sense making too. Well, that's a bunch, but I think that's in the, the core of it. Yeah, I'm a little curious, Tennyson, because you talked about, um, you know, um, sense making, but I think there's a there's a different nuance to it in the sense making because, um, you know, we actually are surrounded with more sense making noise than ever before. <laughs> some of it wise, some of it not so. Interesting. Um, and so it's not that sense making isn't happening. There's something else. And I think it's something that you uh, that you offer in your writing. And curious if you have a sense of what that is for you that you're offering. <laughs> well, that's good. I, I mean, I hope that I'm bringing a good version of sense making because I do relate uh, to what you're saying. And and in terms of the noise and the distortions and the distractions that are in the world, uh, it's it, those are a few of the themes that show up in probably much of my writing, but in this book in particular. So um, uh, I guess the particular flavor of sense-making that I'm trying to bring is about how to, uh, these are broad statements, how to be in the world, uh, how to be in life, uh, how to be in uh, enough inner groundedness that maybe ties to a few principles that usually come back to some pretty basic things like life, uh, love, uh, friendship, uh, exploration, uh, uncertainties, being with mystery. You and I talk quite a bit about how we be in relationship with all of these things. So I think perhaps the, the, the brand of sense-making that I can't not do is that I'm, I'm trying to keep pointing to how to be in relationship with life in a way that contributes um, within the, the deep inner self and the way that that deep inner self can interact with others also. I mean, I have, I have that kind of hunger in me. Yeah. So as you mentioned, this is your second book. How is yeah. this book different for you <laughs> than the mm -hmm. first book that you've offered? I'm sure there's people out there who've, who have read your first book. Yeah, sure. And so what would you speak to that? Well, that's fun. And I'm, I'm laughing at the questions because you and I deliberately said, no, don't want to know the questions. Yeah. And uh, so I, I'm a person who kind of like laughs and delights at the questions being asked. Um, with Cadence of Despair, I'll pull that up because I have a copy right here. 
with Cadence of Despair, this is a couple of years ago, and it was in 2018 that I was primarily writing that one. And with the help of a good friend, Rock Garo, um, he took some of my poems and he put them into form. Like I wasn't ready. I, I, I wasn't doing anything more than keeping them on my computer. And I think eventually I got a point to printing them out uh, so that I could see them. Uh, and this friend, Rock, took um, those and moved it into like, here's a draft cover if you were to be so crazy as to make this a book. So he really nudged things along. The content, however, in A Cadence of Despair was really around despair. And um, it was my, my blossoming ability to write some poetry and be reflective about that, shorter essays. And there were a group of men that are part of a, a men's group and orientation that I'm part of um, called Soul Time that wrote reflections over given sections of poetry. Um, but those were there was a lot of dark stuff in there, um, real stuff. And uh, dark stuff, though, that I was trying to come to terms with as I uh, 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 was willing to explore my own relationship with some very, very deep despair. I was in the midst of a divorce and some other life challenges that weren't, um, weren't quite working out the way that I thought some major things in my life would work out. And it turned out in the end that I really needed to lean in and turn into all of that. So a cadence of despair maps a whole relationship with despair that is everything from, you know, starting points to um, digressions or regressions, uh, the deep despair, suicide as an ideology. Uh, and then as happens in our learning paths with one another, uh, glimpses of hope or insights that come, uh, friendships that arise that help to move some of that along. So there's a, there's a map, if you will, of the very, very personal that turns out to be more universal and how that follows a descent as well as an ascent. Most mornings, now jumping forward, is um, it's, it's, it's just poetry. It's, uh, you know, 30, as I said, 36 or 37 different poems. And I just wrote stuff because my, my brain and my heart seems to work in these poetic forms. So when I'm like journaling, often I'm writing in these prose poetic forms. And um, this is one where I, I said, you know, I'm gonna own even more of the reality of I'm a writer and I'm a poet. And I felt less of that when I had Cadence of Despair coming out. This one I really played with like structure, sentence structure and, how images are included within poems and consistency of formatting even. So I got to experiment. What's common across both of these books though is I write about things that I care about <laughs> or I write about things that my, you know, my, my friends care about and that we are collectively trying to either do something about or, or sense make or trying to be in, you know, another relationship of, understanding or consciousness around. So what's common across both of those is I write about things that I care about. And the theme most mornings was not a theme that I had when I started writing these ones, but I sat often, you can actually see it over my shoulder there in that chair, looking out at a window when the curtains are open through a window. 
And uh, as I wrote in November, this was of 2022, um, I was watching for a theme to arise. And a, a very important part in my life is what I do in the morning. And I tend to meditate in the morning. I tend to write in the morning. I tend to journal in the morning. Um, clarity comes to me in the morning. And so in a way, this book and its title points to, oh, here's some of the clarity that comes as I be the human that I am, being able to you know, contribute to an artistic form and artistic expression uh, found in words and images. And uh, most mornings, is, it's, it's, it's in mornings where a lot of that comes for me. So that's the title. Yeah. So I love, you know, you talked about writing it in, you said November, it's 2021. Yeah. <laughs> so we haven't gotten to 2022 yet, but... 20 no well we are in 2022 I yes. wrote it in November 2022 oh wait oh you're right you're right 2021 yeah sorry, um, I got the date but, but what I would like is for you to pick one of the poems and yeah. read it to us yeah I have a couple and uh, like I said I'm learning how to share these uh, because these are babies to me you know they they mean a lot to me and um I'm, I'm experimenting a little bit with how do I share the words and a little and let the words be the words, but also share a little bit of the story or the context from which they come. So I'm experimenting a little bit with that. And depending on the time we have here, I'll maybe try to offer a couple of them. Um, so one, looking at it, you know, here it is, um, uh, is a poem called Live Wonder. And uh, it's one that just feels like a kind of game plan to me. So again, sense making, um, you know, what is a human being to do? Or what is this human being to do in the world that we live in with all of its complexities and be they personal or universal or global, any of that. Now, this is a poem um, that really has six stanzas and each of the stanzas has a verb. And I'm just going to go to the verb, first of all. And eventually I'll come back to the simplicity that is the poem, okay? So the verbs, the first verb is to be. Um, and when I let myself just wonder out, out loud a little bit, it's like, I think this is one of the big jobs that we are trying to do uh, as human beings. Can we, can we you know, grow our ability to simply be with what is or be in the now of things? Um, so there's something about the power of that simple little simple little verb that is to be. And in the second uh, stanza, the verb is to know. And uh, uh, I so relate to wanting to know some things or wanting to know some essences, wanting to know some clarities. Um, there is a part of my, my knowing that comes through my brain and there's a knowing that also comes through my body and through my intuition and so knowing is another important and powerful verb here as uh, under the overarching title of live wonder. The third verb is to offer because we're human beings and we live, um, you know, a mix of our lives in, uh, in isolation and in community, or there's always some connection, I think, in a, in a sort of energetic way or spirit way, life energy way that connects us into a whole but we have jobs to offer. I use the language of jobs because that's kind of the family system I was raised in where everyone had a job and everyone contributed and we did the best that we could. So I often use that language. 
We have a job to offer. Uh, the third or the fourth voice, the fourth, fourth stanza uh, and verb that goes with that is to give, and in particular to give voice. So this relates a lot to me to both the writing that I'm doing as well as the, um, uh, the kind of facilitation and hosting work that you and I are involved in. And then it hones its way into the fifth verse, which is the verb is to invite. And oh, to invite is such a deep practice to me to live a life of invitation, whether it be to self, with others, with spirit, with circumstance. Um, that's a little different than insisting or imposing invitation is uh, one of the most profound practices I feel like I can identify. And then the last verb in the last verse is to live. We come back to um, our, uh, the things we can't not do, to simply live. So there's a little context with each of these. And now let me backfill the words in because this is the verse. Uh, all of that is going on with these six verbs. And this is what I did to string them together into a kind of game plan or a kind of uh, owner's manual, an operator's manual. You know, what do you do when you're a human being? Well, here's uh, one version of some essence of all of that. So now I'll just read the poem, okay? Inviting the essence to come. So the poem is called Live Wonder and these six stanzas, be, be with what is. Know, know what brings you alive. And from that offer, offer a contribution. Give voice to purpose. Invite possibility and heart and live wonder. It is, it is essence game plan material for me. So you can see, I love writing in that way. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to play a little bit with uh, maybe just enough of the story that fills in. Mm -hmm. What are these little sparse words? What are they trying to say? Mm. Mm. I, uh, I wonder how uh, mm. you, um, you know, one of the things that I find in my writing, and I don't know if this is true for you, but I'll put it in, is that often I'm writing about things that I'm in and, and yeah. are, are working, right? You know, because, mm -hmm. or what's working me, either that. Um, and so how do those things play out for you? How do those practices, how do you, how have you found uh, those practices live in you? Oh, you're talking about the ones I just named, yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So let me go back to that page because uh, I'm, I'm, letting, I'm wanting you to be in charge of time here because I could go on a, a bunch about some of these. Um, I'll try to pull it all back to, to here, right? Yeah. Uh, all of this is personal. I think to create artistic expression is personal. And isn't that something to learn also? You, you for any of us that are putting our artistry, in my case, these words, these poems out into the world, um, there's a way that we just have to, you know, let them be what they are, welcome them to be what they are and not fret, uh, fret or worry over them. So being is a big thing. Like, you know, that I, I have, uh, I, something in me and my body just needs to return to the level of being in as simple of a way as I can. That is a good Zen part of me. Um, I can't 
I, I can't go too far with just my mind or the good habits of my mind. Um, there's a way that um, um, I am so compelled into the notion of uh, being is enough. It ties into, you know, in other important relationships, Quinita, that you know, like what's being got to do with belonging and what's being got to do with um, uh, uh, an, an inherent sense of connection uh, with self and other other sort of things. So being is uh, such a core root effort, you, you know, live a decade worth of that and see what you learn. And chances are, you're going to learn a lot of things. I feel that way. Um, the knowing part here is it's, it's the, the addition here is know what brings you alive. And for any of us, for me, I keep speaking of the principle, but it's deeply personal. Um, when I find what brings me alive, uh, or I just experience an aliveness, an aliveness in learning, an aliveness in loving, I experience this with groups, I experience this with teams that I work with, coaching calls in the work that we get to do. Um, you can know a lot of things in the world, but maybe to prioritize categories, know where your body comes alive, where my body comes alive, where I feel more life energy. Ooh, that is so significant. That's what makes the decision or helps to you know, add criteria to the, well, are we doing this or that? Or should this be included on the website or something else or something else? Um, to come back to the criteria of, is there life? You and I have spoken some of this in the deep, fun, easy way, right? Mm -hmm. So that would be another expression of that. The verb to offer and offer what? Offer contribution. Um, I, I feel like... Um, uh, this is how I come to frame my life. I need the deep inner. And sometimes that means leave me alone. And at some point from that deep inner, it becomes, I think, a contribution or an offering to others. So as an example, say in our fire and water uh, leadership and rite of passage journey, we get a lot of contact with our people in a deliberate structure of coaching and guiding and some of that. And um, uh, I know that part of my role there is to try to translate some of what is the deeply inner here into the deeply inner that I'm hearing from others and uh, hope that that contributes to their path that they are finding, their path of becoming. Uh, giving voice is another one. It's like, well, that's one of the mediums I choose. I am a human, I can use words, I can write words, um, but giving voice to what? To purpose. Ooh, you know, let us, let us always welcome the, the energizing coherence that can come by stating a purpose. I think this is what we are up to today. Or I think this is the deeper why of what we are up to today. I find it such a gift uh, to both hear that and to be able to offer it. Um, the inviting, inviting what possibility and you you have seen lots of this in me. Uh, I can invite a lot of things, but I seem to circle back. Look at me. I thump my heart. You know, I thump my chest. I come back to what is it that we're inviting? Maybe we're inviting a possibility, an imagination, a heart-filled quality, or an essence core quality of it all. Um, uh, 
may that be a primary connection, a primary point of connection in how we humans do anything? Oh my gosh. And then, um, you know, it kind of circles back here to just live, like live because you can't not live, live because you, you, that's what you do. Um, we're here, I'm here, we are alive, I'm alive. I'm a human being, I have spirit and energetic qualities in me. And uh, to, to simply live is, is something. And then when I just flavor that a little bit and put wonder on there, oh my God, live what? Live wonder? Live with a sense of, of awe in the most ordinary of present moments connected to other things? Yeah, so your question evokes the essay. Yes. <laughs> and it's from the essay that I come back into, oh gosh, what if this was just, you know, 27 words or whatever it is on the page. Yeah. And why should <laughs> that be important to people? Why should we say that again? And why should that be important or matter to people? Oh gosh, yeah, cuz yeah. I, I I think so many of us are looking for guidance. So many of us are trying to find a way amidst what we referenced earlier of a lot of distortions, a lot of distractions, a lot of reductionism, a lot of amplifications and, you know, hijacked drama uh, kind of circumstances. It's not easy being a human being to sort through all of that, whether we're deliberate or just defaulted into some of it. So why I think it matters or why I hope it matters is when any of us find a clear note within that maybe goes with a few words or an image, then I think we can do the real work that we are meant to do in the world. Uh, that, would, that would be a hope that goes with that. One of the things that I love about this book um, is that I think part of, uh, part of the piece I wanna focus on at this moment is the sharing, the offering. Yeah. Um, because the, the contributing, because I think often lots mm -hmm. of us have wonderful ideas and lots of us even mm -hmm. go to the creative expression of those wonderful ideas, mm -hmm. but it's only in the sharing and the offering yeah. that we add to the bigger picture in the world or that we add our voice to the collective we yeah. that we that they they're more than just the papers stacked on your table that there's a sharing yeah. there's a there's an honoring our gifts and that offering and so mm -hmm. just a thank you for the <laughs> following through and the honoring of that gift and the sharing and yeah. the giving it away you know I, I appreciate that yeah because there is a giving away you put it out there and it's like okay here it is folks yeah and, and to learn, I, I mean, for me within my own body to say, yeah, I don't know where this is going to go, but I'm still, I'm so good with just putting it out there. Yes. There's something important in all of that. Yes. And I find they have a life of their own, you know, yeah. it'll go where it needs in places you couldn't have imagined to, you know? Mm -hmm. So I want to give you a moment to speak whatever else you want to speak about this book. And, you know, we've had this little bit of time to talk about it. And so I'm curious, what hasn't been said that you want to say about this book, this project, this writing? This yeah, thank, thank you. I will do my best to tuck that in a little bit. Uh, I am appreciative, Quinita, of the chance to talk about it and to feel it out loud also. Um, uh, um, 
I have a lot of heart in me, I suppose, that hopes for a good human journey and uh, good lives. Uh, I have a lot of love in me for people near and dear, my kids, some family, some friends, and um, and the 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 kind of people that I meet and we meet in our programs to um, who who become a kind of family. And I suppose one of the deep, deep desires within me is that we be as um, real with one another as we can, as kind uh, with one another as we can, uh, as conscious as with one another as we can. And uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm listening so much when I'm writing these poems to the words that seem to want to come through my fingers onto the page. And will everybody receive these poems this way? Of course not. Uh, but that's where they come from. And maybe knowing some of the source or some of the intent of that, I am, I am doing my best to listen and, and to find the joy in it. It, it, it is, there's so much joy for me in writing these kinds of words and putting them into um, a structure that maybe is accessible to people. I don't tend to write poems that are 12 pages long and some of them are four sentences and some of them are eight sentences. Um, but maybe in the brevity, there's something that people discover and, and appreciate and maybe shines a little light on something they're trying to learn or they're trying to follow or they're trying to discover. I've, I've adopted as a way of living and being in the world that I, I am to do my best with writing those things as they come through my heart and my belly and then offering them in ways that maybe just might add to the quality or the turns that people need to take in their own journeys. Yeah, and a bunch of other things, but that's what I can find right now in the moment. I appreciate the question. I think um, for me, mm -hmm. um, your writing is where I've witnessed um, the place that you most touch, trust the divine. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think it comes through in the writing. Oh, so thank you. Uh, can I do one more? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not one poem. Um, this one is called Wildness Beyond the Front Gates. And um, I think, again, I'll just offer a little context and then come back to the simplicity of the poem. Um, wildness Beyond the Gates. I think there's something in most of us that recognizes uh, like an archetypal desire for the wild, for the undomesticated, for the unplanned, uh, to be in the, you know, the mythical layers of dream that are, are, are within us as human beings and not necessarily part of our everyday jobs, etc. But I think that's in people. So this is a poem. When I name wildness, it's some of that, like the archetypal desire for the undomesticated. And the front gates is sort of the surface, the edge, the appearance uh, this is what you see when you don't look any further. This is, you know, this is what you get. And it turns out there's something beyond the front gates. So this is a poem that uh, 
I, I, uh, for me speaks to some of that archetypal desire for the wildness. And this one came from a dream. I often, when I'm writing my poetry, uh, they, they come from an overnight dream and I work that into, you know, the images from that dream and some of the sentence structure from it. So this one goes like this. Um, the entrance gates, the, excuse me, the entrance gate to the park is pruned and preened and proper. And everything about it shows exactness. Its lines are impressively straight and its greenery is groomed. These are the front gates, the entrance gate. But it isn't the entrance that interests me. I want to know the wildness beyond the front gates. I want to be among the untamed and I want to be among the rugged and the jagged edges and the dangerous slopes. It isn't because of what lives, isn't it, excuse me, isn't it because of what lives beyond the front gates that we seek admission? And in this case, it's the admission, admission, the entrance to our lives, you know, to our deeper purpose. And then I include on this last verse, an emphatic yes, a yes repeated by another yes with an exclamation point. It matters, yes, that we find our way to what is unplanned in our lives. I so love inviting, discovering that within myself, following it, fighting with it sometimes, but then maybe just giving a few words that might help others find some of that path. Thanks for letting me read that extra one. Thank you. And thanks for listening today. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your practices and commitments to wisdom and coming of age. Um, if you wish further information, our website is fireandwaterleadership.weebly.com. Um, and my website is www.mizuzu.com. And Tennyson's is www.tennysonwolf.com. Tennyson's book, Most Mornings, is available on Amazon um, currently. And so please check it out. And don't forget our shared web website that we oh, just yeah. have recently. Oh, I, I was hot off the presses. Oh my gosh. Yeah, right. Yes. We have, um, we just launched this week, our shared website, which is www.qtwisdom.com. Thanks yes, for that, Tennyson. Thank you.